0: Living in a money pit, money pit. If your basement needs a pump,
1: or your place looks like a dump, you live living in a money pit, money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I'm calling 888 money pit.
0: The money pit is presented
2: by Home Advisor, Papestone and Loctile. Now, here are Tom and Leslie
3: coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
4: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
3: Pick up the phone, give us a call right now with your home improvement question, your do-it-yourself dilemma at 888 Money Pit. The number again, eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Well, welcome to the Dog Days of Summer. It's officially that time of year where things are very hot, very muggy, very slow. We don't feel like doing a lot. A lot of folks are on vacation <laughs> in August, you know. But if you are uh, at home, maybe you're doing a staycation or you're thinking about a project for now or in the cooler weather, which is just ahead now in a month or so, we'll start hearing about that. We would love to help you get through those projects quickly, easily, and effectively. Pick up the phone, give us a call right now, 24 7 at 1 888 Money Pit, 888 666 3974. Coming up on today's program, are you thinking about updating a room but don't know where to begin? Well, why not begin by hiring an interior designer? They can help facilitate your ideas and make your dream home a reality. If that's a step you'd like to take and are wondering how you can find one that really understands what you're looking for and bring great ideas to the table we're going to help you sort through the process in just
4: a bit and also ahead when most people are getting ready to take on a home improvement project they'll make a materials list to bring with them to the home center or even the lumber yard well we're going to tell you how to find materials that may have been used once and give them a second life at a fraction of the cost
3: plus do you have an old worn out patio we're going to share some tips on how a new type of paper brick was developed that can go down right on top of that old slab and give you a beautiful result
4: But first, we want to help you out with whatever it is you are working on at your Money Pit this weekend. What is it? Are you getting ready for something for the fall? Are you still updating that outdoor space so that you can use it these last few weeks of the summer? Whatever it is, we're here to lend a hand. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT.
3: 888-666-3974. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first?
4: Gary in Pennsylvania, unfortunately, had a flood and needs some help picking up the pieces. What can we do for you?
3: Uh,
2: we had a flood here, a flash flood. The uh, rain came down uh, in eight hours, about seven to ten inches. It flooded our basement with about a foot of water. And um, I'm interested in finding out from you folks how uh, we can get the get back to normal as far as the basement's concerned. It smells. Uh, We did manage to get the sump pump going and get the water out of the basement. But uh, it was, like I said, it was a foot around the furniture and everything. And uh, how can I manage to get things back to where they were
3: before the flood? All right. So when you have a flood situation like that, you know, of course, that's human nature that you want everything back just as the way it was as soon as possible. But from a practical standpoint, it doesn't always work that way. You know, here at the Jersey Shore, we uh, faced one of the worst hurricanes in, in history with Hurricane Sandy. And that was the natural reaction. Everyone wanted to get back. And we always say, no, you can't get back that quickly um, because you're going to make some mistakes along the way. So what you want to do first is you want to, as you've already done, got rid of the water. Secondly, you want to prevent further damage by removing all of the wet materials. So wet carpet has to be tossed out if the if the basement is finished. Does it have drywall down there? Those wall those drywall sections have to be cut out to above the flood line. If there's insulation in the walls, that has to be pulled out. If you have furniture that's water damaged, you may have an option of saving some of that. If you can get it upstairs and start to dry it out and kind of make a decision uh, as you go. But you know, frankly, a lot of that should be covered by insurance, so I, I wouldn't maybe try too hard to save it. But get all of that material out of there. Uh, now you said it was a flash flood and it flooded the basement quickly. Anytime you have water infiltration that's consistent with rainfall... It can always be reduced, if not eliminated, by making sure that your drainage conditions outside are proper and that you have gutters, they're clean, they're extended from the house four to six feet, not just a few inches like normal gutters are, and that the soil slopes away. So those sorts of things can prevent further water infiltration. And then after it's um, all torn out, then you're going to want to spray those with that basement floor and the walls down with a solution of bleach and water, about 10 to 20% bleach with water that will kill any mold spores that are left behind behind. behind then get some fans down there dry that all out and then once it's dry then you can think about putting it back together and next time i would not put carpet on the basement floor because um, that's a breeding factory for for mold mildew and uh, dust mites as well okay sounds like a winner to me i certainly appreciate it you're welcome gary thanks so much for calling us at 888 money pit
4: all right now we've got even north carolina on the line with a water heating question how can we help you today Um,
1: our home is about 11 years old we have a hot water heater on our third floor of our home, and I'm a little nervous about it being up on the third floor and with it aging out, I'm concerned about it potentially bursting or leaking. So what we'd like to do is replace the hot water heater in this house. However, we're not sure. We kind of have a disagreement. We're we're broke right now financially, but We would, for peace of mind's sake, I would like to possibly look into a tankless. My husband thinks we should just replace the current one that we have upstairs on the third floor with the same darn thing, because he's like, um, you know, if it's new, it it, it won't leak and it won't burst. So what do you guys suggest?
3: How old is the water heater?
1: Um, As old as the house, I presume. Uh, The house is about 11 or 12 years old.
3: Well, if it's an 11-year-old house, it's going to have an 11-year-old water heater. And while, yeah, that's closer to the end of a normal life than, uh, than, than not. It Believe it or not, it's not horribly old. I mean, I've seen water heaters go 15, 20 years.
1: But because it's on the third floor of the house, I'm nervous because, you know, water is going to... It's not like it's in the basement or the garage. So if there is a leak or something like that, I'm concerned about there being a lot of water damage to our home.
3: I understand. And you could get, that would happen if a pipe broke as well. So if you want to replace it with a tankless, that is going to be more expensive than a tanked water heater. But it's definitely worthwhile because they last a lot longer. And um, they also give you on-demand hot water, so you never really ever run out of, of warm water. If you're concerned about your plumbing system's reliability in general, just make it a practice that whenever you guys go away for a weekend or longer, you turn the main water valve off. You don't need to leave water on when you're not home for an extended period of time. So that might also be something you might want to start doing on a regular basis.
1: So whenever you're going to be gone for the weekend or more than a couple of days, turn the main water valve off.
3: That's right. Because you don't need it on. And this way, if the water heater ever were to break, it would lose the 40 or 50 gallons that's in it, but it would not constantly run, run, run.
1: Gotcha. So... Going back to my original question, what 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 do you guys suggest we do? Because my husband thinks, well, let's just get a new one, you know, the same thing, and then he thinks it's going to give me some peace of mind.
3: Okay, here's, here's what I would do. You, you said that money is tight. I don't want you to throw good money at bad ideas. And I think replacing it with the same thing is kind of a bad idea, especially since it's 11 years old. What I would prefer to see you do is, is live with that for another year or two, save up some money, and then put it in a tankless. Okay.
1: And do you rec- recommend tanklesses go in the crawl space or in the garage or outside? Well,
3: they can pretty much go wherever you want. Um, if you put them outside, they get a little less efficient because, of course, the outside temperature is cold and that means they have to work a little bit harder. Okay. And sometimes they're put in rooms that are insulated or outside closets or so that sort of thing. But you have the flexibility because a tankless water heater is going to be about a quarter the size of your tanked water heater.
1: Okay. So it sounds like that's what you recommend as a tankless, but Maybe just live with this one for another year or
3: two. I think that makes the most sense. Okay, Eva? Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. I don't feel like 11 years old is, is, is a terribly old water heater.
4: No, I mean, given that a lifespan is 10, 12 years, and you're right. I mean, before we moved in, the one in our house was like 20 years old.
3: I used to see that all the time as a home inspector. And, and yeah, it's old, but, you can live but with not them. worth emergency replacing.
4: No just for peace of mind. You, there are other things that you can do.
3: There's enough life left in that to uh, to risk, you know, not doing it now and saving up your money for a year or two and then going tankless. Because tankless is definitely the technology uh, that is state-of-the-art today and, and, and worth every penny of its cost.
4: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Just ahead, are you thinking about updating a room, but you really don't know where to begin? Well, interior designers can help you facilitate your ideas and make your dream home a reality. We're going to share tips to help you find one to do just that in today's pro project presented by homeadvisor.com next. You live in a money pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors?
3: Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-PRO.COM and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's Airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT.
5: The Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. You'll never have to worry about overpaying for a job. Just use their true cost guide to see what others paid for similar projects. Then get matched to top-rated pros, read reviews, get quotes, and book appointments. All for free at HomeAdvisor.com.
3: Where home solutions live, welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
4: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
3: Give us a call right now. The number is 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by HomeAdvisor. They really do have the best local pros for any home service.
4: That's right. It doesn't matter what the project is. They make it fast and easy to find top-rated pros.
3: And there are no membership fees. It's 100% free to use. Just go to HomeAdvisor.com
4: heading over to Oklahoma right now to talk to Sheila about a kitchen do-over. How can we help you paint those countertops?
6: I recently, my husband and I um, remodeled our kitchen and we refinished our cabinets and we, they had, we had some research lighting done and we didn't have enough money for our counters. So I've been looking at online some stuff about repainting your countertops. Yeah, well, and I, I wanted to know your opinion about it or if you'd heard um, anyone doing that or what, you, what your thoughts are on that.
3: Yeah, the countertop paints have been out for probably uh, five or eight years now, and they seem to do very, very well. I know Rust-Oleum has an extensive line of countertop paints out uh, that are available in many, many colors. So I think it is a good option. I think it'll buy you a little bit of time on those countertops so that you can avoid having to replace them. And you'll have the opportunity to paint it either a solid color or they have countertop paints now that kind of look like stone countertops. They look like granite and, and other types of natural materials. So I think they're a very good option and I would encourage you to pursue it.
6: Yeah, I actually um, found a company online that um, sells them uh, their product locally at one of our wallpaper stores and have actually purchased the items. I just haven't started the project yet.
3: What you might want to do is try to get your hands on a piece of laminate and you can go to a home center and buy like a really small piece of laminate, like a scrap. And this way you can practice a little bit before you actually get it on your countertop.
6: Do, do you know about the, how the length of time it's and how durable it is as far as lasting?
3: It's not as durable as the laminate, but it's pretty good.
6: Yeah. Okay. Well, great. Thank you, Tom, for taking my call.
3: Well, if you've been thinking about updating a room but don't know where to begin, it might be time to consider hiring an interior designer or a decorator. Now, aside from the fresh perspective a pro like that can bring, they can also help you manage costs and keep the project on track. We're going to have tips to help you find that perfect pro for your renovation in today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com.
4: First of all, you've got to think about what you're doing. Now, if you're building an addition to your home, there's definitely going to be an architect involved because they're going to know the process, the rules of the area. They'll design all the specifications for the build. But when it comes to, you know, prettying up the space, you've got to think about two different ways here. An interior designer, they actually design and they can decorate. So they can work in tandem with the architect, help plan out the space. They can help customize the space. They can design built-ins. They can also then decorate the space. An interior decorator will not design. They are not qualified or certified to do so. They'll decorate the space, adorn the space, pick out the furnishings and the decor items. So there's a big difference there. And you've got to have a clear goal of what your space is going to be, and that will help you to determine which pro is right for you.
3: Now, when it comes to getting inspired, Leslie, I think a lot of folks will get hung up on this. What are some tricks of the trade that you have as an interior designer that can help folks sort of get started with you know, some core piece of decor that they love that might spur the rest of the design.
4: I mean, I, and I think that's where people do get hung up. You're so right. So I always say, start tearing things out of magazines. When you're online, print up those images or make a Pinterest page. Do something that sort of collects all of these different images that you're finding. And for whatever reason you like about them, Wood can figure out what that behavior is that's making you pick all of that stuff and why it is leading you to that same type of imagery. Maybe it's a color. Maybe it's a texture. Maybe it's a place. Maybe it's a feeling you get from those images. But once you start gathering all of that inspiration sourced together, a pattern starts to develop. And that's where an interior designer or a decorator will really help determine how to make your space best.
3: Next, the thing you need to do is set a budget, and you also want to let your designer know what the spending limit is, because once the designer knows your budget, it's a lot easier to shop for the type of decor that's Mm -hmm. going to work for you. And I think it's also important to stay in charge. I mean, designers are trained pros. They have a good eye for detail, but only you know what you love. So communication is key, like with any kind of project. If the designer's coming up with suggestions that don't match your taste, say something. Say something early, too. Don't wait till it's almost all done. It's a good idea to express those strong opinions you have on any kind of things like maybe even sustainable organic materials or animal skins or made-in-America products or if you want to upcycle. If child safety is important to the decor, tell the designer all of that stuff up front, and this way the project is more likely to come out exactly like you imagine.
4: Mm -hmm. And you know what? A good designer and a good decorator should be asking those questions to lead you to give that information. So don't be afraid to speak up. It's your project and you want it to come out best. And that's today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com. With HomeAdvisor, you can get matched with top-rated home service pros in your area and compare prices, read verified reviews, and book appointments online all for free.
3: No matter the type of job, HomeAdvisor makes it fast and easy to hire the best local pros.
4: Now, we've got Steve in North Carolina on the line with a roofing question. Tell us what's going on at your Money Pit.
2: Many years ago, um, my wife and I moved into a very small cabin way out in the woods, very wooded. So there's a lot of, um, every fall, a lot of debris and leaves and such. And we built onto the cabin a, um, uh, a nice 12 by 12 bathroom uh, with a flat roof um, and that was not really my idea. That was uh, a buddy just said, this is the way to go. Um, we are now, and granted, it's given us good service. Uh, we did that in 1995. Uh, but now it is, uh, with these last monsoons we've had here in North Carolina, um, we have leaks and my, I guess my my question is, is a flat roof a good idea anyway, and then what are the pros and cons of a metal versus shingle roof?
3: Okay, so first of all, is a flat roof a good idea? Well, depends on your perspective. Look, there's a lot of commercial buildings that have flat roofs that last a long time, but they're also very, very well installed, and, and they don't have any leaks as a result of that. I will say that a flat roof is one of the leakiest roofs, generally speaking, because very often When they're put in residential homes, they're not put on by pros. And certainly, since you have a flat roof that's 20 years old, that's really, really old. I'm no pro, but yeah, I put it in. Yeah, 1995. I mean, you're talking 20 years ago, and and that's a really old roof at this point in time. It would be old if it was a a pitched roof. It's really old if it's a flat roof, which generally lasts about half that time. So it's time for a new roof. Uh, Your options are to put another flat roof on it, which there's nothing wrong with that. The new material's today, especially the, the torch down flat roofs work very, very well. I just put a flat roof on my house. Um, but what I did before I put it on, though, is I added a slight pitch to it. You can buy uh, foam underlayment that basically will give you this, a slight pitch to a flat roof, and that helps the water run off. Because you really don't want anything that's flat, flat. You really want to have something that has got at least a low slope to it. So if you add a little bit of slope to it and then put a new torch down roof on it, it should be fine. Uh, you asked to mount metal. Metal is certainly an indestructible roof. And if that's something you're considering, I would also encourage it. Because if you put a metal roof down once and you do it right, you're not going to have to do it. It for a 100 years and then who cares right
2: cost analysis i mean is a is a metal roof i've sort of looked at it but is a metal roof more expensive than a uh, shingle or a, it is isn't it? oh
3: yeah it's it's about four or five times as expensive so it's very expensive comparatively speaking
2: is that labor or is it really the material
3: um you know it it's it's, it's both so if you're going to do it yourself you're going to save some money but but it's really the kind of thing that's kind of tough to do yourself unless you really have some exp- experience working with mental.
2: Okay, great. And um, one request, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I wish your trailer music, just let it play. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> we we're we're going to put we that whole. We'll have to put the, uh, the entire uh, theme music uh, online for those that, that, that care to listen to that. I wish you would. We
2: love your show.
3: Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate that.
4: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show, presented by HomeAdvisor.com. You'll never have to worry about overpaying for a job again. Just use their true cost guide to see what others paid for similar projects. Then get matched with top-rated pros, read reviews, get quotes, and book appointments, all for free at HomeAdvisor.com.
3: And just ahead, when most people are getting ready to take on a home improvement project, they'll make a materials list to bring in the home center or lumber yard. We're going to tell you how to find materials, though, that may have been used once and give them a second life at a fraction of the cost when The Money Pit returns.
4: Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy.
3: Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
4: And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, when most people are getting ready to take on a home improvement project, they'll make a materials list to bring to the home center or the lumber yard. But for our next guest, he just looks around for materials that may have been used once and are now ready for a second life.
3: Michael Bug Deacon is host of Heritage Hunters on the DIY network and owner of Heritage Salvage, where his motto is, if you can draw it on a bar napkin, we can build it. I love that. Welcome, Bug. Hi, Tom and Leslie. Pleased
0: to be here. Thank you.
3: Hey, so how did you get the nickname Bug? Let's start there.
0: You'll have to interview me for a lot longer than <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the seven minutes of this interview to get that answer. Oh, and is that right? Friends that have known me, yeah, I've been interviewed on on the news, on television, on everywhere, on the radio, and everybody keeps asking. But that's a, you know now it's a closely kept secret.
3: Oh, apparently, yeah, yeah. Tell us about your show, Bug Heritage Hunters.
0: Yeah, um, you know, Heritage Hunters uh, was, you know, originally taking after our scenario of we are about heritage salvage. I love to salvage the heritage of all the buildings we take down. So therefore, I'm a storyteller. And I love to put a piece of wood in your house or, you know, a table or a feature wall or whatever it is, by also turning you on to the fact that maybe the story is something that resonates with you. And I think we forget in the used building materials department how um, sort of involving, intriguing the story is to you, your kids, how many people sit around the dining table going, well, you know, 115 years ago, you know, this was... The uh, R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Factory or whatever it was, you know, or this was a piece of wood that actually went through the volcanic eruption in 1955 in Hawaii. So there's all these. I don't just sell and build with building materials. I love to sell stories.
3: Yeah, I bet. Yeah. And, you know, there's really no limit to uh, what you can create with these materials. It's not like they actually wear out.
0: Well, no, they don't. There, there's this sort of inherent warmth that comes concomitant with a piece of wood, maybe even that piece of wood that you walk by, walking your kid to and from school, you know, or that, you know, that, that little pile of junk wood sitting on the side of the road. And all of a sudden you pick through it and you go, wait a minute, there's some nice lichen and moss here. There's some, you know, it's got this nice gray weathered tone to it. There's somewhere I could use this, whether it's a, you know, a picture frame, uh, you know, a frame around a couple of windows in a feature room or even enough for a feature wall. They reclaimed building materials department. And the fact that this, you know, this like an old, beautifully encrusted piece of wood has so many stories to tell. I think it adds a warmth to your wall, you know. And when you're a DIYer, when you want to do it yourself, when you want to figure out, well, darn it, honey, you know. I mean, I I love the people that started taking apart pallets right. that you see on the side of the road all the time and using them on a, as a feature or building a bed out of them or whatever they do. You know, don't limit yourself with what the materials are. Are, and don't let your imagination limit you whatsoever. Just go to town. So,
4: bug, do you just collect everything and then hope that you find the right idea for the pieces that you're saving? Or do they sort of, is it always like a happy accident? You just happen to have something and a project comes along.
0: <laughs> I like that, Leslie. I think maybe I'm a happy accident. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I built my first house out of reclaimed building materials with four other hippies back in 1970. (laughs) Uh, And we got everything from tearing down a Chinese tenement building in Vancouver, British Columbia, and rebuilding it on the mud flats in North Vancouver. And we did it in eight days. Four-bedroom house. And when I got down here, when I started hanging around Petaluma, California, uh, there was this our landfill, as it were, you know, the dump, Um, I used to go and stand at the dump, and every pickup truck that would come up, I would say, you know what, I bet you I could save you 10 bucks if you let me pull all that wood out of your truck. And everybody would pull over and let me do it. And I had my flatbed there, and I'd pull all the wood, even if it was a collection of broom handles, whatever. I'd pull it all out, throw it in my truck. At the end of the day, I'd have a huge truck full of stuff. I'd bring it back, and that's how I started here at Salvage. So, you know, I am a dumpster diver.
3: <laughs> well, in the best way possible. So, let's talk about a couple of the projects that uh, you may have tackled lately. I know you just completed a feature wall, and you say you let the materials talk to you. How did that go?
0: It was a job for some great clients, and it, it was remodeling this the, the sort of shed. Uh, it was a band practice room. It was a ping pong room. It was whatever. They wanted it as a guest house and a little party place on their beautiful piece of property. And I said, you know, okay. So I said, why is it called the Tiki Club? They said, well, I don't know. We started off with a few Tiki masks, and then we went on it, and I went, okay. So can I get Kemp and Kitchy about this, you know, which is what I love to do, it, because you know, to them, the tiki club was a sort of a dear thing. So I said, okay, let's do all the sconces in old tiki masks. And then we took down some water tanks. And water, huge water tanks that we have out here, these redwood water tanks, um, have like five to seven inch wide staves. And because there's so much water pressure in there, the iron bands that go around the water tank leave marks on it. And it, Sort of has this essence of bamboo. So we took the skins off of these and we put them on the wall and alternated so none of the lines lined up, and it looks like somebody did the wall in giant bamboo. And so then I got right into the whole tiki club thing, and then pretty soon we were finding, you know, baskets as light shades and all the rest of it. Yeah, it. And I think there's so many people you know like we in our yard here at Heritage Salvage we get a lot of people coming in whether it's like okay well we're getting married and we're looking for something to put the signs on or we're looking for something that would be funky um you know place setting etc and you get this couple walking around and typically here at Heritage Salvage we go well you're getting married if you promise us You'll be married for at least 10 years. We'll give you this stuff for free, but we want you to get creative with it.
3: Well, Michael Bug Deacon, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Clearly, we understand what you mean now by when you say, let the materials talk to you. The show is called heritage hunters on the diy network michael thank you so much for stopping by the money pit
0: thanks a lot for letting me be a part of your great show
4: coming up do you have an old worn out patio we're going to share tips on a new type of paver brick that can go down right on top of that old slab with a beautiful result after this
3: you live in the money pit
5: Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. You'll never have to worry about overpaying for a job. Just use their true cost guide to see what others paid for similar projects. Then get matched to top-rated pros, free reviews, get quotes, and book appointments. All for free at HomeAdvisor.com.
3: Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
5: And I'm Leslie Segretti. What are you
3: working on this beautiful summer weekend? If it's your house, if it's your home, if it's your apartment, your condo, your yurt, whatever it is, give us a call right now at 888 Pit presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Never worry about overpaying for a job. Just use HomeAdvisor's true cost guide to see what others paid for a similar project. That's all for free at HomeAdvisor.com.
4: Judy in Minnesota is on the line with a moisture issue. What's going on? Our house is about 40 years old. And it has, in the, the room that we're talking about,
1: we're painting it. We painted it once before with a, a primer. And, and uh, it turned out really nice. I thought it looked really nice. But now um, we, we repainted it a different color. And, um, and on the inside, then, is that rough paneling. And it's separated by, um, it's got the insulation in there with the plastic on it. And we we notice now, and we're going to paint it, that there's moisture like halfway down on the paneling. We we think that's caused by condensation.
3: It may very well be um, if it's a damp space. Now, there are some things that you can do to reduce condensation in below-grade spaces. It's kind of the same steps that you would take if you were having an actual flood. You want to make sure that your exterior drainage is set up so that no moisture is being trapped against the outside foundation wall. And that means making sure the gutters are clean, the downspouts are extended, and the soil slips away from the walls. If you've done all those things, then the next thing I would do is I would install a dehumidifier in that space and try to find one that has a built-in condensate pump so that it collects water and pumps it out. Otherwise, you'll be emptying buckets upon buckets of water. And then finally, it's also possible to install a whole home dehumidifier, which is an appliance that is attached to your HVAC system. These are highly effective at pulling moisture out. In fact, most of them will take 99 or 100 pints of water out a day. So those are three different ways that you can reduce moisture in that space. Judy, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit.
4: Patios are a focal point for outdoor living at most homes, but if you're dealing with an old, worn-out concrete surface, that's one focal point you might want to avoid. Now, you could always tear up that concrete and then pour a new patio, but that's expensive and, of course, it's time-consuming. There is, however, a new paver brick option, which you might want to consider.
3: Yeah, I love this product. It's called Milano. It's the Milano pavers from PaveStone. Now, they're about half the thickness of a traditional paver, and they're designed to go right on top of that old worn-out patio. They basically give you a very fast and easy and attractive and affordable way to bring that patio right back into being a focal point of your outdoor living space.
4: Yeah, the system makes it easy to upgrade your backyard or add curb appeal to your house by renewing an old patio, sidewalk, or pretty much any other concrete surface. Now it comes in a three-piece system and it's installed in basic patterns directly over concrete that requires very little surface prep. And that makes the project very cost and DIY friendly. Plus the Milano pavers can also be used for traditional paver projects.
3: For more information, visit pavestone.com, pavestone.com.
4: All right, now we're going to talk to Tom, who's got a porch question. How can we help you today? I have a three-season porch, aluminum, and on the inside on the struts,
0: not the panels themselves, but the support struts that support them, I have like an oxidation or a mineral deposit. And it's white, and I'm trying to figure out how to take it off.
3: Do you think it's the result of a leak, Tom?
0: Um, yeah, moisture
2: building up. It's not just in one spot. It's all, it's all along the whole bottom strut.
3: On the whole porch. So, if it's a mineral deposit, the easiest way to get rid of that is with a vinegar, a white vinegar and water solution, because the vinegar will melt the salts. Okay. Now, if that takes it off, great. It's not going to stop it from reappearing. If, if, that's the, if that's the condition, what you really need to do is look for ways to dehumidify that space because the moisture is going to continue to condense on that and form those deposits, even if you were to get it clean again. The other product that you could think about using is called CLR, Calcium Lime Rust Remover. That's another type of mineral salt cleaner uh, that's a little bit stronger than vinegar and water but that will also work as well.
2: Okay, that
0: won't take the, it's anodized aluminum, you know, it's that brown, bronze aluminum for a three-season porch. That won't affect the CLR?
3: I don't believe it will, but you could always try it in a, you know, they always say test a small area. But I think you're going to find that the reaction of the, that material on the salts will just melt it away. Okay, I'll give that a try. All right, well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT.
4: Give us a call here anytime with your home repair or your home improvement question. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Whenever that question pops into your head, we are standing by at 888 Money Pit.
3: 888-666-3974. Up next are messy pets creating a decor dilemma? Are you afraid that anything you buy will be ruined by your well-meaning pooch? We'll have tips to help you get the best of both worlds after this.
0: You live in a Money Pit.
5: is presented by RumbleStone. Create a paver patio or walkway, garden retaining wall, grill enclosure, fire pit, or even an outdoor kitchen with RumbleStone from PaveStone. For project ideas and how-to videos, visit
4: PaveStone.com.
3: Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
4: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
3: Give us a call right now with your home improvement question, your DIY dilemma at 888 Money Pit presented by Home Advisor. You can find out what it costs to do your home project before you hire a pro and instantly book one of Home Advisor's top rated pros for free.
4: And while you're online, don't forget, post your question. We always love to help there as well in the community section. And Tony writes, every year or two, I take the time to remove the bottom element of my water heater suck out the calcium deposits, the first challenge that I have to rig up a piece of copper pipe on my shop vac and tape it to the heater to accomplish this. Is there a better tool out there to help with this task? I love your show.
3: Yeah, and you're working way too hard, dude. (laughs) I mean, wow, he's got a whole system. He's taping up his shop vac to suck it all out, right? Well, listen, the internal drain valve should be perfect and more than sufficient for removing those calcium deposits from your water heater. And and by the way, now that's that valve that's at the bottom of the tank, right? And you just open it up like a hose bib and close it back up when you're done. Now, the only thing you gain, though, by, doing, by removing that calcium is a little bit more energy efficiency because it can act as an insulator between the flame and the water, but it really has no effect on corrosion. That valve in your water heater has threads on it for a garden hose. Simply hook up that hose, run it somewhere where the water can run off, and uh, save your shop vac for more important purposes.
4: and you know what tony next year when you do this project let us know how it went well are messy
3: pets creating a decor dilemma are you afraid that anything you buy now is going to be ruined by a well-meaning pooch leslie has tips that can get you the best of both worlds in today's edition of leslie's last word leslie can we have it both
4: ways You can try. We're going to (laughs) help. I mean, really having a family pet is so rewarding for so many reasons, but they do make a mess. And you know, that's not one of the rewarding reasons. It's just something you kind of tolerate. So here's a few ways to create a space that works for both people and pets. Now you want to pick pet friendly furniture, look for things that, I mean, here's a big thing. When I bought a new couch, I also got a new dog. Oh, great timing. And I had picked a fabric without realizing I was going to have an animal. And I did ask. I said, I want to make sure the fabric's durable. I've got kids. I don't want to pulls, tears. I didn't realize that the weave I had picked in the fabric was perfect for a dog's nail to sort of catch and pull and catch and pull. And granted, I had a warranty on the piece. I was able to switch the sofa, switch the fabric. So those are things you have to consider. You've got to look at things in a way. Is it looking super edible on the edges? Will the cats want to scratch it? Will a dog be able to pull it? All these different things you've got to think about when you're picking out the furniture. Now, if you've already got something and you're like, hey, lady, I can't go buy a new couch, get a cover for that piece of furniture. And at least wear that cover on that furniture as long as you're training the animal to not do whatever behavior it is that would destroy that couch or chair. Totally things that are temporary, workable, behavior-oriented with the animal so everybody can live in peace. Again, if you're redecorating, think about those fabric options that are going to work. You might want to also consider adding a pet washing station to your home. Maybe you're renovating the laundry room or doing some work on a mudroom. Think about that because when you and your dog head out on a rainy day, only one of you knows to wipe your feet before you come back in the door. So in that mudroom, you can install a dog washing station, which is basically just a rectangular stall for just your pooch to get in with a spray hose, and it will make those rainy, muddy walks a lot more bearable if you want some more tips head on over to moneypit.com And check out pet friendly design and decorating tips for your home.
3: This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show coming up next time on the program. They may remind you of the 1950s, but awnings that extend over windows and doors can save you up to 15% on cooling costs. We'll have that and other reasons awnings are making a big comeback on the next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler.
4: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
3: Remember, you can do it yourself, but
4: you don't have to do it alone. Money
0: Pit!